It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line news radio 610 K1A hour number two on your Monday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number. If you'd like to get involved, you can also hit us up via email, 610K1A.com. The bottom line page, your name where you're listening, what you'd like to say on Twitter at bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610 and the free mobile app through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis said Dawson with you. Feel free to chime in if you still want to make your thoughts known. A little shy of three weeks from the impeachment vote of President Trump, Representative Newhouse, voting in favor. Uh, we did get a message on Twitter from Team Slam Ola. It said, the reason Clinton Didier has lost elections is because he's been running on the skirt tails of the Washington Redskins ever since he got into politics. He's a terrible speaker. As a county commissioner, that's where he needs to stay. Thank you for the message. We appreciate it. 547 If you'd like to get involved. And also, need to clarify, I mistakenly said that Benton County is the largest in the 4th. It is Yakima that is the largest in the 4th. County, yes. Yes, it's the largest county. If you take into consideration the metro area, yes. uh, you know, the Tri-Cities metro area is larger than the Yakima metro area, but as a single county entity. Yes, Yakima County yes. is larger. Um, five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved in the program, um, you know, if I were to do, it, most people, if they make a colossal mistake, they might get they might get an opportunity to to, to make good. Yes, depending you, on what their track record, right? Depending right? on what the track record is, when you make two colossal mistakes. Usually you don't get that same thing, let alone get a promotion. Now, in the case of Jay Inslee, this is like double digits in colossal mistakes during his administration. Double digits. And yet, even though the majority of them were cited when the Seattle Times did their endorsement for governor in the 2020 election, they brought brought most of them up, they still endorsed him. Um, Because, well, you know, we know why. Um the Washington State Auditor's Office held a press conference today to go into depth on the 1.4 million Washingtonians who had their private information breached between January 1st of 2020 and December 10th of 2020. Yes. 11.5 months, and nobody figured this out. Susie Levine, Levine, Whenever you properly pronounce her last name, is getting a promotion. She's going to oversee multiple states' unemployment security divisions in the Biden administration because not only not recognizing a Nigerian prince scam letter, but also having the personal data of 1.4 million Washingtonians sitting in a pool where it could be sniped by a breach because you're using a, a 
you're using a third-party system that obviously is not secure enough um, that all of that data has been popped. If you filed an unemployment claim, and this is this is during the the peak of the coronavirus pandemic, if you are in our listening audience and you filed for unemployment with ESD between January 1st and December 10th of last year, your personal information could have been compromised. Yeah, there's a good chance that it might have. Now, the auditor's office is saying the problem didn't originate with ESD. I'm sorry, who hired who? Who was a, hired what? It was a, so. The state agencies are are very quick and thorough to point out that it was a third party vendor mm-hmm. that was hired. hacked. Yeah. Well, they, but hired, but hired, yes, hired, but yes. but they were the ones that were hacked. It wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't our state agencies that were hacked, but it was a subcontractor, if you will, that was hacked. It doesn't matter who got hacked. The fact is... They were hired by ESD, and their responsibility is to protect the information of the people in the state of Washington. They failed. Miserably, in fact. And so personal data, and not just of people who filed unemployment claims. This is this is other state yes. agency information. Yes. And, and we're talking about Social Security information, names. Banking information. Ba- yep, banking. Driver's license, yep. state identification numbers, claimants' yep. names, a place of employment, um, you know, some other information also, and a smaller group was compromised, including data that the Department of Children, Youth, and Families had. Um, so, so I, let me let me I mean, let me back just, This is a stunningly epic failure. That now again we are in the double digits marks of the Inslee administration and Inslee employees and Inslee run agencies run under the executive branch of Washington State that have had epic failures and no one is holding them accountable. No one is holding them accountable because they don't care to hold them accountable. I want to look at the timeline on this particular issue with the the state auditor's office. Okay, so state auditor's office, uh, Patricia McCarthy just finished up a news conference, as you noted. I'm, I'm, I'm going backwards. Okay, so. It was announced publicly today, February 1st. There was some talk uh, Friday and over the weekend that this might be what this news conference was going to be about. So there was some scuttle over the weekend that this is what it was going to be discussed. The auditor's office says they were alerted uh, earlier this month or earlier. Well, technically earlier last month. Okay, so early January. They were notified by this third-party vendor in December, okay? So the red flag started going up in December that, uh uh-oh, we had a security breach at this third-party vendor. This third-party vendor says, okay, well, let's see how far back this goes. Oh, boy, it goes back all the way to January 2020. So how much time... So first, the third-party vendor was unaware that somebody had hacked into their own system for nearly a year. Then it was several weeks, 
supposedly, before that information got to their contractors, one of them being the state of Washington. And then a few more weeks before the state of Washington decides to let that information go public. If you are just hearing about this now, I feel bad. Because your your information has been stolen and God knows what's been done with it. I do know one thing they said. One of the things they said was that, do you remember when Susie Levine says, yeah, when, when when the system got hacked, we found all these fraudulent, you know, payouts for fraudulent uh, unemployment claims, they were set up by this information breach. People were taking your information, turning it into fraudulent claims with the ESD. So this breach that we're talking about now, that is how the, the previous, you know, fraudulent payouts were created. But there's more, and we'll get to it after we go to the phones. You're up at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys, how's it going? It's Rock from Pasco. What's up, Rock? So I got two things. The first thing, uh, going back to the other one, is uh, does anybody remember when they attacked the White House and burnt down a guard shack, and they called it a mostly peaceful protest? Second thing is I haven't claimed unemployment for over three years. I was part of that falsified whatever. I had to send a letter to them saying I didn't claim. I had to send a letter to the company I currently work for because I, I been one of the lucky ones. I continue to work. But the HR had called me and said, why are you claiming unemployment? I said, I am not. So I had to write a letter to both places stating that I am not claiming unemployment and that, you know, this is fraudulent. But I haven't claimed unemployment for over three years, so I don't believe it's just this last year. I think it's longer than this last or longer than a year. Thanks for the call, Rock. Appreciate it. it, it, To be to be clear, that that's this in 2020 was when the breach happened, right? How far back? We don't well, know. Well, at least three years, right? Yeah. For, of people's information, they went back three years because if Rock was one of the, the victims in that. Let's go to the uh, phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys, it's Pat. Hi, Pat. What's going on? Hey, so I know we're SOL as far as, you know, like what California did for recall and Newsom down there as far as the COVID stuff, but... With this kind of stuff coming up, is this a direction that we could go and that, that people could look at for for recalling Inslee on this kind of stuff? Yeah, unfor- unfortunately, Pat, you can't recall him based on appointments, um, which is a problem. But, but I want to get this out there before we go to break it. The chief marketing officer for Excelion, which is the company who yeah. is the third party. Third party vendor, yeah. Here's where it comes back on ESD, and here's where it comes back on Washington State, and it doesn't come back on Excelion. They said that the data breach involved their 20-year-old legacy product called FTA, which they have been encouraging customers to stop using because it wasn't designed for these type of threats. For years, they have been encouraging their customers to upgrade to the newer product known as KiteWorks. They upgraded to that product after the data breach. So, there you go. Negligence on at the on the part of the state of Washington. Again. They wanted to run Windows 98 un- yes. until, you know, well past its prime. And then they wanted to blame the company, and the company said, no, 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 not our fault. We've been telling you to upgrade to this, and you wouldn't listen. And it was Excelion that found the breach, not 
the state of Washington. Once again, sleeping at the wheel in Jay Inslee's administration. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547 1610. If you want to get involved, the 10% over cost sale going on right now at Perfection Tire, all four locations in the Tri Cities. Whether you need tires, whether someone in the family needs tires, this is the perfect time to gift tires. 10% over cost. That's all you're going to pay on every make and model of tires at Perfection Tire at all four Tri-Cities locations. You can check out their website, perfectiontire.com, to see the selection that's available to you. And then pop in, bring your vehicle in. Now through February 15th, the 10% over cost sale Perfection Tire. You can also hit us up via email at 610k1a.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you would like to say. Robin Ed with you on this Monday. And, um, you know, Ed, I, I, I'm sorry. Every time we turn around, every time we see something, every time there is a mistake in the Inslee administration, it is blaming someone else, trying to pass the buck, taking zero accountability. And this is another example. The chief marketing officer of Excellion had to come out and say, we have been telling them for years to upgrade to the newer product. And they didn't upgrade until after the breach became known. And basically, they told them. They told them that the breach happened. And then they upgraded to the product. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Gary from Kennewick. What's on your mind? Uh, did they spend that $44 million and then they had the problem? 1.4 million people. Their their information was uh, was compromised, and then they upgraded the system. Did a lot of this unemployment money go out of the country to people that lived in other countries? Well, that was this. That was the uh, almost nine hundred million that went uh, in the previous breach, uh, the the Nigerian prince scam. But people who wound up being told they were making fraudulent claims were a part of this breach. Yes. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. Let's go to this line. You're up on the show. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? This is Jeremy from Prosser. What's on your mind? Hey, we're Silent Bob. I mean, this is the kind of stuff he should be tracking down. We ain't heard nothing from him since then, so he decided to run for governor again, and he quit suing the federal government to pad his resume. Well, he's he's kicking rocks because he's a little upset that he couldn't run for governor. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing to keep to remember, and I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he brought that up because. The, the actual job of the state attorney general is to represent the state in different you know, situations, whether it be suing the federal government like Bob Ferguson likes to do, uh, suing or being a defendant uh, when somebody sues the state. His office is the one that that represents the state. Who do you sue in this in this uh, in this equation? Now, if people got together and said, I am going to sue the state of Washington because my data was part of the data breach and I lost whatever, then Bob Ferguson would be defending the state of Washington in that case. So, I mean, is he going to go and, and sue this this uh, third-party vendor? No. No, because, because it's not he their knows. fault. <laughs> he, knows the, he knows the situation. 
no matter what people say. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Sandy. Hi, Sandy. What's up? Well, I just want you guys to know that I'm born and raised Washington State. I got a nice little letter from Ohio telling me that I applied for uh, social or uh, unemployment benefits in Ohio, and you should see the hoops I had. I have to jump through. I have to get my credit report, file a police report, and all this, and then they'll talk to me. If not, I'm supposed to ignore this letter. So maybe they're using the same server. Jeez. Could very well be. You know, it's interesting. Uh, appreciate the call, Sandy, because one of the things that uh, the state auditor, uh, Patricia McCarthy, noted in her comments, number one, was that she was aware of the subcontractor or the third-party vendor, what their stance was. Her response to that was, well, you know, yeah, it might have been a really old system, but we kept up on all the updates, number one. And we were transitioning, but, you know, hey, got yeah. breached before I've made the full transition. Okay, that's number one. Number two, one of her other defenses is... Well, so many auditor's offices all around the world use that product. It's not just us. Again, passing the buck. And yeah, Sandy, it, Ohio could very well have used that same system. Don't know. Let's squeeze one more call in before the break. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Don from Kennewick. So Hi, Don. I'm calling into your, so I'm calling into your show, and we're following behind the trucks as Washington compost. I don't know if it's <laughs> or not. It's, a, it's an omen. It's, it's an omen. It's, it's not surprising. I mean, to have situations like this come up where people just don't care or they don't pay attention to something or it's too big of an issue to uh, to upgrade a system, quite frankly, it's really more of the department's fault who's in charge of this kind of thing. Uh, those that's, the, that's where a lot of the anger needs to be directed at. I mean, Inslee, yeah, granted, it's part of his administration. I get that. But again, it's it's where Ferguson needs to get more involved and say, "Hey, you need to clean this act up a little bit. We are being held liable. We're gonna be we're gonna be ended up paying for this, and the, and the Washington State taxpayers are going to be making up this difference because of their ineptitude." No, it's a very good point. Yes, in that case, the state attorney general is in a position to to say just what uh, Don just said. Look. You department heads, you're making my job more difficult. Get your act together, uh, you know. But but see, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But don't you get the feeling that nobody is being held accountable for any of this, uh, whether it's Jay Inslee or not? I mean, where you had the Department of Corrections problems, you have the ESD problems. Susie Levine gets promoted to the Biden administration. Uh, the state auditor, uh, Pat McCarthy, Patricia McCarthy, she, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this. But nobody is held accountable because nobody takes the 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 onus of, of any situation. It's always somebody else's fault. Yep. That's how that's how you can deflect it for so long. We've got some emails to read. Take your calls on the other side of this break. This is the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA, the area's only live local call and talk show. Back with more after this.
online on Twitter at BottomLine610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, you can also hit us up via email, 610-KONA.com, the bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say, like David in Richland. David said in response to your very recent rant, first-rate people hire first-rate people. Second-rate people hire third-rate people. And third-rate people fire, hire fifth-rate people. David, I get that. But what about when you have a ninth-rate governor? What would what, what they hire, like 15th-rate people? You're up at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Frank from BC. What's going on, Frank? I just want to say something on a separate note. Uh, it was brought up on the Lars Larson show earlier today, and I think it should be brought to attention before it gets out of hand, is uh, in uh, the United States Congress, it's H.R. 127, run by Sheila Jackson Lane. And uh, I'm not going to go into any specifics of this. I don't want to read it and diatribe on it. But uh, I advise all Second Amendment uh, enthusiasts to uh, read up on H.R. 127 and uh, call your representative. I'll be at Dan House. We'll see how that goes. But call your rep and really do something about it because H.R. 127 is some dangerous stuff. And no one's really talking about it yet. Not even Lars Larson knows about it yet. H.R. 127. Cheers. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 547-1610-509-547-1610. H.R. 127 would provide for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. It is cited as the Sabika Sheikh Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. Okay. Uh, the Attorney General through the Bureau of ATF shall establish a system for licensing the possession of firearms or ammunition in the United States and for the registration with the Bureau of each firearm present in the United States. The owner of a firearm shall transmit to the Bureau the make, model, and serial number of the firearm, the identity of the owner of the firearm, the date it was acquired by the owner, where the firearm is or will be stored, and a notice specifying the identity of any person to whom and any period of time during which the firearm will be loaned to the person. The deadline will be in three months of the effective date of that section or in case of a firearm acquired on or after the effective date, the date the owner acquires the firearm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we know that restrictions on firearms have been slowly moving in this direction. Um, I suppose that states are, some states may be doing this already and some may not. Yeah, not to that degree. No, but my point is that this would be a a federal database, if you will. This would be, you're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys, it's Rick again. I want to add an addendum. I had uh, my radio up on a small state of justice, but big part that stuck to me from what I read, and maybe this is incorrect, but what I read is that all records shall be public. Okay, so all, all the so the database would be public. So that's well, that's the it's a government agency. Yeah, that's right. And if a government agency storing it, yeah, there is no such thing as personal data unless it's a social security number. That's right. Oh boy, Frank, appreciate the call we'll, back, we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that deeper. Yeah, yeah. So. 
I, I know, well, I can surmise why they are pushing for this, and it's out of security and all these different things, you know, to make to make it more safe uh, for for people. But all you have to do, and I know people, some people may be tired of this analogy, but it's the truth, is you look at Chicago. Chicago has some of the toughest gun laws in the country, yet people are murdered with guns by the dozens sometimes yeah. every weekend. By criminals that don't care about the laws and get their guns from out of the state. It's not about reducing crime. It's about making people vulnerable. Well, and again, I've, I've said this many times, is it, it's the idea. For, 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 for some on the left, it's about the idea. What can we do to help fix the gun problem or the perceived gun problem in this country? It's the idea that having a national registry for gun for gun ownership and making that public is going to make things safer now in the in the in the in a cosmic way it might but in a practical way a practical application all you're doing is infringing on rights you're not making it safer i.e. chicago you know, the, the people that in Chicago that, that put the tough gun restrictions on in that city and in that state probably had many of the same conversations. You know, we'll just make it tougher to own a gun. Okay. Well, what about those people that aren't too fond of following the rules? What are you going to do there? Well, you know, we might put gun enhancements on punishments. Okay. How many people have you caught shooting other people to death using an illegal firearm. I'll wait. Go ahead and check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so again, it, it's the idea of something versus the practical application of something. And it's, it, and they're not the same. Five, four, seven, one, six, 10, five, oh, nine, five, four, seven, one, six, 10. You can email us too, by going to the website, six, 10, K O N A.com. Go to the bottom line page, send us your question or comment. And we got an email from Lee at Pasco said, I have to say, I'm totally disappointed in Dan Newhouse. Yes, he should have rubber stamped it. He should be representing the majority of people that voted him in. He could have said, I personally feel this way, but I'm representing my district and I have to vote no. Basically, he's being a Democrat saying that we're not smart enough. So he's overriding the majority in voting with his heart. This vote was way too fast. He should have looked into it more. It might have given him enough time to realize that the riot had started before President Trump's speech even began. And unfortunately, this is how I'm beginning to feel most Republicans are acting, afraid of the Democrats. Basically, the Democrats can say and do whatever they want. To me, it appears that very few elected Republican politicians want to put up a fight. Thanks for the email, Lee. We appreciate it. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Wayne in Burbank. What's up, Wayne? Uh, we were talking about uh, all the, the gun thing here all of a sudden, and uh, it just uh, struck my memory that I got a, an email today regarding House Bill 1283 here in our own legislature that says it will make it a felony to open carry a firearm or any weapon in a group. Further, this measure contains no exceptions for individuals who are defending themselves at home or on their property 
Not even law enforcement, military, or those carrying firearms in an official capacity are exempted. Yes, that is. So they're changing the open carry law. Well, yes, and and Wayne, appreciate the call. Appreciate you uh, you bringing this up. This is a bill that um, has been on our radar for about a week now, as it's going through the system. In essence, and again, don't hear me. I'm not saying I'm for or against this, but this is what the writers of the bill are intending with their language. They want to do away with armed protests. Based in their view, what armed protests are. So if you have, say, a group of people who oppose the election results and they want to protest outside of the Washington State Capitol building and open carry because they have a permit to open carry, they will not be allowed to do that. Also, if there is a group of, I don't know, say, BLM or uh, BLM protesters and another group that comes up to counter that and they are carrying openly as they have the right to do, that will not be permitted. So, again, it's the idea guns are scary, so we need to thwart them at every turn as much as they are able to. Um, But again... It's right there in the Constitution uh, that you, you know, it's it's the Second Amendment. Let that sink in. The First yeah. Amendment is free speech, right? Yep. Free to, you know, have personal liberties, speech, religion, all that stuff. The second one is the right to bear arms. So the Founding Fathers, you see where that particular thing at that particular time ranked on their all-time list. Yeah, one and two. We got a message from our free mobile app, Google Play, and the Apple stores. Micro-freaking management. And then a follow-up with just simply the word tyrants. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Mark from Mattawa. What's up, Mark? Guns aren't scary. People that don't know how to handle guns are scary. You, you, I've been you, a gun owner for now over 65 years, and I've never shot anybody, and I don't believe getting a, a database, all that's going to do is if somebody can crack that database, they might be able to come to my house and get my guns that I've legally owned for 65 years. So, if New House was to vote yes on this bill... There would be no way that he should ever be elected by a gun-owning um, person in the United States, or in the state of Washington, excuse me. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, and Dan Newhouse has voted for, you know, or I should say has voted against other pieces of legislation that restrict Second Amendments. I'm not taking his side. I'm not taking anybody's side. But I think we pretty well laid this out that most people were okay with how Dan Newhouse was representing the district up until he voted for impeachment. I think that's a fair assessment uh, to make. Some people may have been uh, upset about a few things, but the thing that 
is sticking out in most people's minds is the impeachment vote. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Mary. Hi, Mary. I'm of Kennewick, but today I'm in Blanchard, Idaho. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, on the gun legislation that's going through Washington, the people had no problem over in Seattle with Chaz Chop having guns, open carrying to protect and even shoot people. But now they have a problem. You can see how well that's going to go over if this gets put in. Certain groups will be able to do it, but other groups will not. Well, and not to mention, Mary, they won't stop them. They won't stop them. So if something like Chaz and Chop happens again, they won't do anything to stop them. They won't prevent them from having guns. They won't do anything like that because they won't care because it's their, their, they're in line with that thinking. They're okay with that. So once again, it will be a double standard. Going to take our final break. Final segment on the way. Today's edition of The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Final few minutes, Monday afternoon, 547-1610. If you want to get involved, you're up on the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm Josh calling from Richland. What's up, Josh? So I've heard what you guys are talking about, and I agree 100% that it's insane that people keep thinking criminals are going to obey the law and more laws are going to help criminals obey the law. But my biggest question I have is, as our legislators, as our representatives are elected to represent us, they then take an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. So why are none of these legislators ever tried for treason in presenting these anti-Second Amendment laws? Because they're attempting to change the law. Um, and, and that's really what it is. I mean, every lawmaker has the opportunity to change a law or rework a law or uh, water down a law if they choose to through the process, and that's what it's there for. Um, you know, there are we have had a number of laws that have been put on the books that have come short of an amendment because they don't need to be an amendment. They don't violate in the entirety of the sanctity of the amendment the bill that's been passed, which is why you have had the ability to have some restrictions. Now, at the same time, you haven't seen anything at the federal level um like you've seen at state levels that put significant restrictions on things but don't violate the amendment. It doesn't ban you from owning a gun, but it puts restrictions in place that give you the ability to own one but make it more difficult or you have to go through certain hoops but doesn't prevent you. And so they have the ability to change the laws we have yet to see any of the first 10 amendments in the Constitution be altered um, or anything passed to change any of them. We've only had one amendment completely repealed, and in all reality, it wasn't repealed. There was just another amendment added that took it away, and that was prohibition. So, you know, will, will it come to pass? Don't know. I mean, the the the, the difference is in the numbers aren't as stark as they were. You know, the House doesn't have as big of a difference as it did last year. 
The Senate is dead even. So all you need is one or two Democrats to go, yeah, I don't like that. I don't see John Tester supporting a bill like that coming from Montana. That's the end of his political career. I don't see Joe Manchin supporting a bill like that in West Virginia. So, and while Manchin may have a little bit more leeway than Tester does, I still don't see him doing it. So I can't see something that would be that restrictive. Yeah, it's going to pass the House, but it's not going to make it out of the Senate. Yeah, I I would be stunned if it did. Five four seven one six ten is the number. A few more minutes left in today's uh, show. You can still get on board with us. Um, you can also email us, too, by so, going to the website, yep. 610kona.com, the bottom line page, and send us your question or comment. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610kona. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Dave from Kittle. What's on your mind, Dave? Um, I'd like to make a comment about what you guys were talking about earlier in the day about our, our passion towards uh, Dan Newhouse. Um, my mind hasn't changed. Um, my temper, the heat has definitely gone down. But the deed that he did hasn't changed. Um, I'm going to use the analogy of man's best friend. My dog is a good old dog. Good old dog. But if my dog were to bite me, our relationship would probably change. And that's how I feel. I feel like I've been bitten. And I, my trust is gone. So I just don't know how I can support someone I don't trust. And you might have, be able to gain my trust back, but at this point, it's not there. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And that's the thing. Again, remember, he was just reelected. So in theory, again, not taking sides, in theory, he has the time. He says he's not going to resign. So he's got time to earn people's trust back. Whether or not he chooses that road or whether or not he is successful or even if he wants to run again, who knows? Um, For now, he is not going to step down. People are going to be upset and we'll see over time what happens, especially now that he's going to have a challenger in place in the form of state uh, representative Brad Clippert. At least one. At least one. I mean, Brad Clippert. There's lots of time. Brad Clippert's the first one yeah. we know of. There could be more. And, sure. you know, quite honestly, depending on where they come from and, and you know, how big of a glut it is, um, you know, could open the door for somebody that you wouldn't even suspect. I mean, think about it like this, you know, if you have 10 Republicans and one or two Democrats, you're opening up the possibility that not just one Democrat, but maybe both Democrats make it into the into the general election. I, I would I, I think I don't know what the chances of that are, but well, I don't but, know what they are either. I'm just but, but saying could, in general. But could a Democrat make it into the the general election? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, yeah, we just I mean, we just had a Democrat the the last two elections run against Dan but Newhouse. Make Democrats it make did. it a viable candidacy. Who knows? Well, Hard to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it I, all depends, right? It all depends on who the matchup is. Well, and you got to watch. Sometimes you get too many people getting too froggy, and you can have a, the result you don't want, and. That would be a Democrat representing the fourth.